2: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, yesterday, uh, we talked about a lot of things related to Ukraine, and I got a good amount of feedback uh, related to uh, not just, uh, well, a lot of feedback that wasn't really accurate, <clears throat> and and or, if not accurate, questioning where I was on certain things. First off, uh, a lot of people seem to think <laughs> that I might be endorsing, uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard. Of course, that's not, could be further from the truth. And that uh, I posted something over on Facebook and did some other things um, related to Christy Noem uh, and her position on certain issues related to transgender athletes uh, and I was basically making the point that, that Maria Bartiroma has been making for, for a while now. And she just matter-of-factly has what would normally be VP candidates, or will normally be presidential candidates, and she has them coming on as vice presidential candidates. Uh, as if it's Trump, Trump is they are apparent. And I like that. I, I like to see that. I think that Donald Trump has earned every stripe, every single right to be considered and treated like the heir apparent, like the incumbent, because he should have been treated that way in 2020, and he was, but they rigged the election, and now here he is, uh, poised and ready, I think positioned very well, very strong. Nobody has ever seen a candidate like Donald Trump But what Donald Trump's bringing to the table with truth social is going to be something extraordinary Uh, because it's going to be bigger than the RNC ever dreamed of being. His database, the database of of emails and and uh, demographics and and behavioral um, aspects of gathering, collecting data like the big tech companies do. And Devin Nunes, I think, is is a really smart guy running that thing. And, you know, he's connected with a lot of Silicon Valley. A lot of bright minds have gone into this. And and I, I think that uh, it's an opportunity for the conservative movement to actually have a real engine. Not just a Ronan McDaniel kind of Mitt Romney wannabe kind of thing that the RNC has been pushing out. Remember Michael Steele and Rona Rona McDaniel and all of these different factions within the RNC, all the Trump hate that was going on in 2015? I remember I was at CPAC and they were pushing up against Donald Trump. There was almost a coup being waged against Donald Trump. And that's why it's frustrating to see a lot of these so-called leaders taking the microphone and basically uh, taking the lecture, taking the stage, and standing up there and talking about being a Trump supporter. But they were never there when Trump truly needed them. You know, we talked about J.D. Vance as an example. Well, his opponent, Josh Mandel, the Senate candidate, had a debate in Cleveland and was talking uh, and, got, and it was in a black church in Cleveland against a black Democrat. And someone in the audience asked him to leave. He's white and he should leave because they couldn't take the heat. They couldn't take the debate. They didn't want to have the discussion. They showed up to silence rather than to listen. You're never going to get anywhere that way in this country if that's your political posture but black lives matter has been a cancer to the black people that buy into them but it's also a fundraiser opportunity for the white democrat elite that use these black people in black lives matter almost as slaves modern day slaves and it's it's, it's sad to see the foolishness of the black community that endorses and sponsors and supports not only black lives matter but the corporations that actually support them like the nba the the nfl and on down the list these woke corporations have been very troubling they've had a an influence on the political discourse yes but also the massive amount of of, of disinformation that's come out of uh, CNN and MSNBC because if not for these corporations and these fundraising opportunities and, and the influences of China and the state and local politicians that allowed China inroads into their communities, whether it be that they're buying up golf courses or plots of land or agricultural fields, or investing in our stock market and driving prices in directions we don't want them to go. We've allowed all this to happen. And our, our state and local politicians are guilty of this uh, relationship with China just as badly as, as our federal politicians have been. And in fact, in a lot of ways, you could say, well, Donald Trump, you know, got really tough with China in phase one, phase two. And what what is, China's natural move was to do an end around. Basically, if you can't beat the bull, if you can't beat the lion, Donald Trump is the lion, not the bull. But if you can't beat the lion, then try to find and pick another fight, pick another route, a detour. And that's what China did. And Georgia, Georgia was a Good example of selling out to China. China had a China business. uh, It was GeorgiaBusiness.cn. It had a CN extension, a Chinese extension on the domain. And all the investments that they were making in Georgia. All the jobs that were going to be created. And they had these summit meetings in Texas. These deals were made. And they sold their soul to China. China. And the influence was remarkable. But the Democrats are the ones that have actually endorsed a lot of this. And they've sided with the neocons to empower the military-industrial complex as well. Because, hey, what's what's not to love about big government spending? And the military-industrial complex, Raytheon and, and uh, Lockheed Martin and all these different countries, Companies that get these big military contracts benefit from that, and the people that are on those boards—they're all Pentagon people. Could you imagine? You get you you retire with a golden parachute, great pension from the Pentagon, and then you get a job on the board of. Well, if it's Hunter Biden, he's going to get the board board boardship of uh, Burisma. But if it's somebody else, might be uh, Raytheon or some high tech firm, and they have a little muscle. They call up one of their old underlings, someone that worked under them. You know, military command chain of chain of command. He's a good man, they say. Right? He's a good man, and they they talk, they talk, they, they pick up the phone and they get the deal done. Because the guy that they're calling used to work for them. And that's how those deals are done. But I just want to make it clear. um, I want to make it clear about uh, a couple of things before we uh, go ahead and take this call. Um, One thing is, I'm not endorsing Tulsi Gabbard. I made it very clear that one of the things that was... uh, that I said was I would never forgive her for impeaching Donald Trump. And, uh, and I never would. And, and uh, she's been a Democrat her whole life. So I, th- I find it interesting that she's doing what she's doing right now. It's almost like an infiltration or a hijacking in an election year of a conservative narrative to maybe beat the conservatives at their own game to get some equivocation going there, some some middle ground saying, we did that too, we had Democrats saying that, you know, that kind of thing. And she checks that box. But the idea would be that if she was sincere and interested in flipping parties and running as a veep on a Trump ticket, I was looking at the math and I thought, maybe there's some math there. But I still wouldn't support it, and I'm not endorsing it. I just wanted to make that clear. With regard to the thing in Cleveland, and why I tied that in also, is um, you know, there's this J.D. Vance endorsement by Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve Bannon, and Steve Cortez, all endorsing J.D. Vance against Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel is the true Trump candidate. And a true veteran. J.D. Vance is a, s- a snake oil salesman. A rhino that was in bed with Mitt Romney and Evan McMullen and was vehemently against Trump. And should never be forgiven for that stu- level of stupidity. And I happen to know he's a swamp creature in the D.C. area. And been to many of events where he's been. Heard him speak. And have to say that JD Vance is wrong for Ohio, but for people like Steve Bannon and Steve Cortez and and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, shame on her, Laura Loomer to boot. All supported the this uh, this type of candidate. So I just um, just be careful out there as to how much. Invested, you get into certain people, certain certain people. You know, we all like the war room, but be careful about what Steve Bannon is disseminating. I would even make the same claim and argument with Jack Posobiec. We like a lot about what these guys say, but at the end of the day, they weren't always there when they needed to be. And we're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air.
0: Yeah, this is Dane from uh, the Occupied Communist, uh, California. And I wanted to just remind people today um, at 12 p.m., the People's Convoy is leaving for the District of Corruption. And I'm asking people um, if they could, at 12 o'clock when we leave today, um, that they all uh, flash their lights, uh, turn on their emergency lights, honk their horns. That really pisses them off when they honk the horns. Of course, in Canada, you're you're called. Uh, it's it's a signal of Heil Hitler in Canada now. But uh,
2: yeah, is, I've read joking. about that.
0: <laughs> um, but anyway, we like to have everybody when we leave there today at twelve p.m. Um, you know, do those things. If you're in a car, RV, truck, um, just honk your horn across the entire nation and flash your lights when we leave and actually like to do it every day at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until we get to the District of Columbia Corruption, which I'm trying to convince the, the leader, uh, Brian Braze, to not go there because I think it's going to be another setup for uh, another disaster to uh, January 6th again. No, I'd rather have him go to the border Uh, to Mexico and uh, Texas and make a statement there. That
2: would would make a lot more sense, actually. Uh, There's nothing happening in D.C., but a big fence around, you know. But you're right. Uh, You know, in J6, I I was saying at the time with J6, uh, go to the states that are in dispute. Like, go to Georgia, go to Wisconsin, go to Pennsylvania, go to Arizona, and go to these states uh, that... And pressure the politicians at the state level to decertify and to withhold uh, those certifications with regard to the results of their state until uh, the evidence was made clear. And we know that there was fraud in those states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, I think even Virginia. Uh, Nevada, Arizona. This. But, you know, I was saying go there. Well, why go to D.C.? There's, there's nothing going to be uh, done there. And it, it didn't I'm make any sense there. to me.
0: I will not go to that. Uh, I'll stop there. I'll go the whole way, but I won't go there. No, no one other thing. So what are
2: you asking people to do again at 12 noon every day until they get there?
0: Uh, at, starting today at 12, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time across the nation, Three o'clock would be, uh, you know, East Coast. Um, turn your emergency lights on. Uh, wherever you're at in the, in the entire nation, turn your emergency lights on. Flash your lights. Okay. You fuck your for a couple seconds or a minute or whatever, how long you want to. But everybody in a truck, car, and RV. And do this every day. And let them know we're coming. And, and it'll be a sign for people to show solidarity, not only to the Canadian truckers, to the American truckers, and we the people. And that's the most important thing is we the people. This yeah. is about we the people. The truckers, I'm so glad that we're all getting out there and doing this because uh, we have to, this, this is our lifeline to the to, to save this country, these truckers, what they're doing right now. And we have to support them. And look what they did to the Canadian truckers up there. Don't let it happen here. Yeah. And uh, so uh, this, this is, this is going to be watching. our step to do this
2: right all right well thank you so, for that tip thank you for calling all right, all right. thank all right. you god bless you <clears throat> so while he was talking I, I was looking up to see if uh there's more organization related to that i i like that idea uh, of blinking your lights at 12 noon or or 12 noon pacific time i i think that that gets confusing as to what time you should be doing that. Uh, so I was wondering what the time frame was on that. And if you'd like to call in today, uh, numbers 215-TOP-TALK, that's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255, if you'd like to call in and be heard. um, Yeah, it would be nice uh, to, to do that. You know, you, you go out there and you see blinking lights all over and you wonder what that's about they they ought to do that but they ought to get it like it should be for one minute at a certain time uh you know across the country until a certain date Uh, i think that would be great stuff i wonder what they would do with respect to that Uh, they would say it's a safety hazard of some sort they would find a way to shut it down So to finish up and wrap up there, yeah, we talked about Ukraine a lot yesterday, and I like what Tulsi Gabbard had to say with respect to the military-industrial complex. I think they're a driving force on this. I think that Biden's sanctions that he laid out are feckless late to the game and not going to deter, uh, have the deterrence. Um, I think that the damage is done. Again, Ukraine along with a lot of these other baltic countries have uh benefited by uh nato uh their their expansion uh and russia naturally is upset about it uh because they have missiles that could be very well pointing right at moscow from hundreds of miles away and that's uh not not very comforting for the russians the Russia is too, too big, too strong to have an Achilles heel like that. And if we were Russia, you know, if it was the United States and someone put missiles up in Cuba, we, we already know. We already have a track record about how we would react with respect to that. The Cuban Missile Crisis is what they called it. And anytime Venezuela or Hugo Chavez um, or the uh, Castro's, Incidentally, Trudeau loves the Castros, right? And now we have to worry about the tyranny on our northern border. You know, Trudeau is out there denouncing authoritarianism in Russia. And again, it's this attack on Russia. Russia, 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 all the time Russia. And what bothers me and what concerns me are these false flag attempts, these false flag attacks they did it in Syria. Remember when Trump was going to pull out of Syria in this second ter- year of his first term? Trump was going to pull out of Syria and next thing you know, um, Lindsey Graham was pushing the opposite direction and Lindsey Graham uh, ended up beating the drums over Jamal Khashoggi and beating the drums over these chemical weapons, bioweapons attacks in Syria. And Syria is very much an extension of what's going on in Ukraine. And the conflicts that are there are very much the same. It feeds the military industrial complex, it's a never ending expenditure. We spent s- how many trillions of dollars did Donald Trump say we spent in the Middle East, for- and what do we get out of it? He said something like six, seven trillion dollars. We've squandered. This is money that could have gone into infrastructure. We have collapsing bridges. Just look at uh, when do- uh, Joe Biden went out to Pittsburgh and was going to do an infrastructure speech and the bridge fell down. <laughs> you know, it's one of these things where we have veterans who are homeless. And, you know, it was Josh Mandel, the guy that's going against J.D. Vance, J.D. Vance, this, the rhino that supported Evan McMullen that went against Trump, It was endorsed by Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, and Steve Bannon and Steve uh, Cortez. J.D. Vance, the rhino, was endorsed by those three. Well, Josh Mandel, his opponent in Ohio, also said he posted something up on Facebook or Twitter or social media about how we should support our veterans first, America first, particularly our veterans Over illegal aliens. And they took it down because they said it was hate speech. So kudos to Josh Mandel for getting such great exposure because of the. The. Black Lives Matter Marxists. Who made a lot of noise. Acting as stupid as you can be. And basically what happened was. Josh Mandel got a lot of good press out of that. So. Kudos to Josh Mandel. That's what he needed because J.D. Vance was taking up all the oxygen in the room because he's a swamp creature from Washington, D.C. Anybody listening in Ohio, look up J.D. Vance's uh, comments related to Trump. He hated Trump. All of a sudden, he's coming out trying to say, well, that was then. This is now. No, I'm tired of this. This is exactly what we've done wrong for the last 40, 50 years. Beyond that, I mean, you can go back further, but we got to we got to we have too many people to choose from. We have too many people that love America first policies and support Donald Trump. We have too many people to choose from. We don't need to compromise, folks. And this truth social thing is going to be a tour de force for sure. Well, Jesse Waters has been making the news and he's been having some really great uh, shows. Uh, and he tw- he, he uh, basically said this. He said, the Russian hoax and the three-year Mueller investigation did more to undermine faith in our democracy than January 6th. That is for doggone sure. I want to play a couple of clips. I want to play first is open um, about the anti-racist millionaires. And then we're going to get into something else that I think is... Um, Uh, yeah, no, I want to get into this, uh, no more distractions. That that was what it was. Okay. And then we're going to get into something else later. Um, there's a couple of different things. The real game going on in Ukraine right now, this is with Kellyanne Conway. And I want to get to this one first. Yeah, I had these queued up in different, different, different way. Um, but we're going to get to Kellyanne Conway right now and uh, we're going to listen to what she had to say. Then we're going to listen to Jesse Waters Open about this all being a distraction. And let's see what what they have to say here.
1: Disrespectful. Do you think the American people are ready for this?
3: No. Look at the polls. They're not. The center has completely created around Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's agenda and most of the problems in his administration are man-made problems. He created them. And Ukraine's really no different. Do you know two years ago today, two years ago to the day, Joe Biden tweeted out that Vladimir Putin does not want him to be the nominee. He does not want him to be president because he's the only one, quote, who's ever gone toe-to-toe with Putin. That's just not true. You know, let's contrast the Ukrainian president's Zelensky's calls with the two last presidents we've had, President Trump, where they hauled every Ukrainian expert we could find, Jesse, in front of Congress to talk about that phone call. Missing that President Zelensky had had thanked Donald Trump for helping, as he put it, to do more to help Ukraine than the EU had done and to push back on Putin with sanctions and other things. And now, today, Joe Biden has 35 minutes to talk by phone with, with Zelensky and in a show of complete non-confidence, sends Kamala Harris of all people to represent this country. And she produces a word salad listening to Kamala Harris talk on our behalf abroad this weekend I was like texting with a teenager. She said, listen, guys, we're talking about something really serious. We should reflect, it's about, we might about go to war. This is super serious. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. There's chaos everywhere you look, chaos at our border, chaos at their border, chaos at the gas pump, chaos in the grocery store. And Joe Biden keeps on creating crises that he can't get out of.
2: All right, so wait, we're gonna listen to Kamala Harris. Uh, check this out. So Kamala Harris. Reporter asked Kamala Harris, will sanctions deter Putin? Kamala replied, within, now listen, this is her reply. Will sanctions deter Putin? And our vice president of the United States answered this way. She's got a law degree. She's educated. She's been speaking. A professional speaker. She dated Montel Williams for a little while. You know, she... She dated the mayor of San Francisco for a while, okay? Well, slept with, whatever, you know, you want to call it, but to get herself wherever she's gotten herself, right? But here it is. Kamala Harris, when asked, will the sanctions deter Putin by a reporter, she replies, and I quote, within the context then of the fact that that, Window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open. What? She was asked the question, will sanctions deter Putin? And the answer should have been if they're done right, they could and we have strategic, you know, good strategy in place to make the, the sanctions more, more effective, the problem with sanctions is you could create the wrong incentive. And I said this yesterday, and that is if you sanction and create dependency on those that you're sanctioning, then the alliance that you don't want gets stronger. So if, for example, these two regions that decided to, to uh, show their lo- allegiance and loyalty to Russia and sort of detached from Ukraine uh, and signed a, a, an agreement with Russia, if you're going to sanction them, it's just going to make them more dependent, not less dependent, more dependent on Russia. And it's going to strengthen their need to align with Russia. So the sanctions would have the reverse effect. But she didn't want to answer it in any way that was beyond a, what, a first-grade mentality? I don't even think that's first-grade level. So again, the answer to the, will sanctions deter Putin? Within the context, she answers, within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening. Although open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of diplomatic path, still being open. That is a. Remember the movie Being There with Chauncey Gardner? And he would just talk about a garden and the sun. And he was really talking about that, but they thought he was talking in metaphors. My goodness. This is the kind of leadership we have. They're really stone-cold stupid. Let's continue with Kellyanne Conway.
3: Uh, and the public sees it. This they started with Afghanistan. Jesse, the, probably the worst thing in Joe Biden's first year was the deadly and chaotic pull out of Afghanistan. He listened. did not listen to the generals. He did what he wanted to. He tripled down on it. We see what happened. But that was the inflection point for many Americans saying, wait a second. If there was one good reason to go backward from having a president that did not did not have political experience. They loved that about Donald Trump, and Obama only had a little bit of it. If there was a reason to go for the guy with 47 years in Washington, it would be for moments like this. You've got that experience. You were chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. You know what to do. And now they're saying, that's just the wrong kind of experience. He doesn't know which way is out. And it's, it's funny that the way that you've cast this is so brilliant for this reason. They can't make up their mind. Is this the most important thing facing America? Or do we have a president who's spending about a half an hour a day on it? It's a very, very (laughs) odd construct.
1: And at least own up to what got us here. They disarmed Ukraine. They got rich in Ukraine. They pushed, pushed, pushed to admit Ukraine into NATO. And so Putin goes, "I've, uh, I've had it enough. I'm taking it. And then we say, oh, my God, evacuate. Now we have to go to war in Europe and not us but europe's gonna have to go to war potentially and we're gonna get hit with four dollar gas because of this and it's like no one looks at how this happened i mean i'm not blaming us i mean putin's responsible too but come on we've been on a collision course over ukraine for decades
3: we haven't but never never so badly as when it was obama biden and now biden harris and the four years in between there was a an effort a concerted effort to make it better so, and you're right, and Clinton before that. But um, Joe Biden's going to have a tough sell with the American public because they've lost complete confidence in his competence already. Yep. He's got that negative trifecta of polling. Um, the disapproval on chief issues, no confidence in his competence. And then, Jesse, the big one lost um, re- really is very people are very negative about his personal attributes, like has a plan, cares about people like me. So he doesn't have the political currency here at home to sell this to people who are hurting. You know, I'm out there every day um, around this country. People are hurting and they can't afford everyday consumables. And now this guy wants to turn around and tell us that there's somehow legitimate American interest here and sends his his vice president, who Putin already knows what he's getting as does Zelensky, they have access to CNN, you know, they've seen Kamala Harris before. <laughs> They know she's not up to the job. And it's very, you know, we can laugh all we want. I find it amusing to sort of mock her lack of preparedness. But let's just quote her own people, Jesse. They're the ones who told us that she's not interested in reading the briefing books. She doesn't do her homework. And then she gets mad at them when people like you say she doesn't do her homework. But let me tell you something. The Republican Party, the conservative movement and Fox News did not create in her this poor performance, this incompetence. People are leaving dream jobs in the vice president's office because the boss is a nightmare. And now she is taking the lead on this crisis. Yeah, very, and,
1: very tough. And the day after she leaves, Putin invades. <laughs> in what yeah. disrespect. Kellyanne Conway, thank you so much for joining Jesse Waters Primetime. Thank
3: you, John.
2: That's the leadership. And then uh, here is no more distractions. Okay. So uh, Jesse indicates this could be a distraction for a lot of other things. I mean, while we're while we're watching the news over in Ukraine, uh, what could be happening along the southern border? What could be happening within the wheels of our government trying to convert these illegal migrants into votes? That's what they're doing. You know, they're taking these illegal migrants and they're processing them in terms of voter registrations and... Getting them in positions in battleground districts, and they're just basically turning these these heads. And I've talked about this for years now. They need heads of cattle. They need accounts. You know, they need uh, people to come in, document them. And just like when they said uh, that their arrest warrant or their uh, order to appear in court would be a sufficient uh, data, sufficient paperwork to indicate that you are in the system. Uh, you could show those papers and somehow that's enough. Uh, you don't have to get kicked out because you're in the system. Well, they're processing them and then they're letting them go. But the process that they're getting is just enough information to create a, register, a voter registration and create a ballot. And who cares about the mailing address? These are bogus anyway. We've seen enough number of bogus mailing addresses. They don't mail these things. Like I told you about the QuickBooks invoices. The only thing you need to create an invoice is an account. And then once you create the invoice, you don't have to mail it. You just create it. Then you mark it paid. And then you save it. And that's it. Boom. You don't have to print it. You don't have to send it out with a stamp. You don't have to receive it uh, or receive the payment. If the credit card's already on file, you create the invoice, you take the credit card, you pay the invoice, it's marked paid. And if you want to be courteous enough, either their customer's receipt is their credit card statement or you can send them a marked paid receipt. And that would be the same thing in, in the election systems where you can go online and see that you voted. But chances are the illegals not even going to know how to go online. They're not going to know how their account was set up and so on and so forth. They're never going to have the login credentials. They're never going to know and they're never going to complain. Because to complain means that they would have to show up in court, which is the biggest thing that they're not going to do. We already know that 90% of people don't show up for their court date. Why in the world they show up and complain that they somehow think that they might have been voted? They don't even know that they voted. So the Democrats are importing these people, millions of people, in. And they're taking these illegals. And they're taking their headcount. They're giving them an ID. That ID is registering to vote. That registration becomes a ballot. That ballot gets, in theory, mailed out and, in theory, received. And, in theory, it votes Democrat. But they don't even have to mail it. Remember when everybody was talking about all these ballots that didn't have a fold in them? What happened there? Those were ballots that were printed out because of the audit, but they weren't folded because they were never distributed. They were just printed out on a printer, flat sheets of paper. There was a lot of talk about that everywhere, how these ballots were coming in unfolded. And that was only because of the audit. If they weren't audited, they wouldn't have even had to print them. They wouldn't have been even unfolded documents. They would have been just voting. All right, so let's take a listen to Jesse Waters on this one.
1: Jokes. Arguing over the definition of a man and a woman. Fighting these stupid little culture wars over, what, skin color? Demanding attention because our feelings were hurt? The ruling class distracted us with shiny objects. Kept us all divided by these hoaxes. Until one day we woke up and we realized something. Who the hell cares if someone's feelings are hurt? When millions of us are being physically hurt. Millions are getting financially hurt. Children are being psychologically hurt. The country was distracted while the country fell apart. Plagued by crime, gas price pain, masks still on, cost of living up. And now it's all about to get even more expensive because a war could break out. The Biden family got rich in Ukraine. But are Americans going to get rich? No, we're going to get hurt. Big tech got rich during the lockdowns. Did you? Big Pharma got rich and you got lied to by the CDC. They hid the data and pushed boosters for money. And if you question this, you got canceled. So this political corrupt garbage, it's over. That woke dog won't hunt. After experiencing real hurt, from crime to COVID to the cost of living, we don't care when someone's feelings get hurt anymore. People are shooting at us in the cities. They're starting to shoot in Europe. Biden could blunder us into a war there. Just after coming up out of a snap recession and a pandemic, we might get dragged into a war over a NATO member that most Americans can't find on a map. It's unbelievable. Americans need to demand answers and fire every single expert, every single politician who keeps bungling us into crime waves and lab leaks and wars and recessions. Why the hell are so many smart people So damn stupid. Joining me now. Well,
2: I got to tell you, I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, Everything he just said. And uh, it's happening right before our eyes. And the question is this. Does federalism function the way the founding fathers intended? You know, one of the, leaders of uh the one of the leaders that embraced federalism more than any other president in my lifetime was Donald Trump. He was not a top-down guy. He was not a micromanager. He delegated like a leader should. And he had faith, he put faith in the American system and he also lent power to the states because the states could then compete with the other states. Uh, and that would made a lot more sense. And that's the way it was designed to be. Federalism is about decentralized government. Yet the people that support federalism are called fascists by antifa. And the anti-fascist antifa are the fascists. White is black, black is white. And that's not by mistake. That's by design. Unbridled presidential power and executive actions. So the question is, does federalism function the way the founding fathers intended? Unbridled presidential power and executive actions with COVID-19 finally drawing its last breaths. Now is the time to rein in the executive branch before it establishes further precedence for power accumulation by future administrations. I've been saying that, that these emergency powers acts, what Trudeau is using, what Gavin Newsom used, what Governor Whitmer used, what Andrew Cuomo used, a lot of these liberal governors (coughs) were enacting emergency acts. And we need to redefine what is an emergency and why and how long they can have it. Uh, And these state legislatures need to really do a better job in reining this in because it's been exploited. Canada didn't need the Emergencies Act, but they executed it. And their legislature actually endorsed it and extended it, which is really sad. And in France, they don't even have a crisis. Yet France did something, I think, just unspeakable. Um, What they did was they basically took 4 million people off the rolls. Okay, here it is. The French government has deactivated 4 million vaccine passports for double-vaxxed citizens without warning, forcing them to get another booster shot several months early. So if you were vaxxed twice you were considered to be vaccinated. And they took 4 million of those people off and said, you need a third vaccination. Otherwise, you're considered to have zero vaccinations. When does it end? That level of control. In an election year, they're doing this. I mean, just months before an election, where Macron said half of his country, or Macron said the unvaxed aren't French, that they're not patriots. That they're anti, they're, they're almost akin to terrorism. They're almost akin to terrorists. And he went against them. And he's doing the math, folks. It's a science. The science isn't in the medicine. The science is in the politics. He understands that 85% of those French people that he's speaking to got vaxxed already. 15% are holdouts. And of the 85%, what percentage of them innately is going to defend their purchase or defend their decision or defend what they did? They may not like it, but they'll they'll defend. It's human nature. When we buy things on Amazon, we defend our purchase. It's who we are. We got the best deal. You know, when you buy a car or something. Yeah, I got a great deal on that car. What if you didn't? You know, I could maybe make a debate and argue with you. You got cheated. You you were a chump. You basically are taken to the cleaners by used car salesmen. You wouldn't like to hear that. In fact, it would annoy you. And as soon as you realize that you got burnt, it ruins your day. So you end up, whether you even know it or not, psychologically defending your choices. And that psychological game is being played in France. So someone like Emmanuel Macron does exactly what the Democrats did with Black Lives Matter. They divided black America based on political ideology. And he's doing it with vax ideology. And he's saying these 15% of the people that didn't get vaxed are enemies of the people. The other 85% are good French uh, French patriots. So he's already given them a rose and divided a wedge between the unvaxxed so that they could fight with each other. Now, he just assumed the side of uh, the, the line that has the numbers to win the election. Now, of those 85% that were vaxxed, Maybe fifteen percent are going to say, "I hate the fact that I had to do it, but I had to keep my job. I didn't want to go to jail. I have a family to raise." And so, you know, they'll they'll maybe lose, but sixty sixty the other sixty percent is what Emmanuel Macron is going to keep, and he's going to probably win an election as a result of that tactic. As as ridiculous as that tactic is, and it's that sixty to seventy percent that are voting for Emmanuel Macron that should be shamed. Those are the uh, those are the people that are destroying their country, and they're doing away with their freedoms. You know, there was a uh, case <clears throat> in Arizona, I think it was, or Nevada. A high school comes out of the woodwork, and they basically they they protest that they want to wear masks. This high school or this school was protesting mask mandates in support, protesting in support of mask mandates. That the Democrats somehow this virtue signaling they they like this. This, this environment of control. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But I will tell you that this is, this is the kind of thing that's happening. It's absolutely crazy. So this unbridled presidential power and executive actions started with COVID-19. It probably started with climate change. And, you know... Uh, You get people like Obama that preach climate, but then buy properties all over the world in the millions and millions of dollars at sea level. And you're like, why would you do that? If you truly believed what you believe and believe what you said, you wouldn't have done that. But they did it. So government intervention into the day-to-day lives of American citizens has reached new heights in recent years corresponding to a monumental increase in the power of executive branch. So we got to do something about that. Let's take a look at the annual the average annual executive order count for presidents since the establishment of the Federal Register Act of 1936. And it's growing. Now, Truman was the guy with the most. Roosevelt, 307 per year. Truman, another Democrat, 117. And then there was Obama. Obama, it says here, no, this is um, not not correct. This is a different stat. Because Obama was one of the leaders, it says here it's 35, it's not. That's a different that's a different benchmark, but Trump Trump got accused of a lot of executive orders because he was reversing the executive orders of the prior administration, Obama. I remember Obama was second to only uh, Trudeau. I mean, I'm um, tr- not Truman, Trudeau, Truman. And what the what you have to do is you have to calculate not just executive orders but memorandums and, and uh, unilateral orders. And that's not what—that's not what's being calculated here. There's another um, article I want to touch base on before we run out of time, and that is, is Canada becoming North America's Cuba? And this is by Dennis Prager, and he says, there does remain one major difference between Canada and Cuba. Just one. Few Cubans... Support their Marxist leaders, but most Canadians support theirs. they don't know what they're in for. So I guess that's an interesting uh, way to look at it, right The Canadians and a lot of these academics support socialism because of the utopian view of everybody you know is lives within their means and has a kumbaya lifestyle but it always ends up looking more like cuba and venezuela than it ever would looking like any utopia in fact there's no utopia to point to because just ask the truckers how it was for them and you look at someone like trudeau who's never who's grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth And you compare them to the truckers who worked every day of their lives, turning the wheels of, you know, of basically paying their taxes and moving the wheels of government along. And it's the truckers that got hit with batons and abused, silenced. You know, you take a listen to this clip right here. This woman's basically saying she's the Deputy uh, deputy prime minister of Canada. Listen to what she has to say. Uh, and then finally, let me say, uh, for anyone who is concerned that their accounts may have been frozen because of their participation in these illegal blockades and occupation, the way to get your account unfrozen is to stop being part of the blockade and occupation. This is, this, these measures were put in place to disrupt illegal activity in Canada.
3: And, uh, and then...
2: So basically, if you want to protest, that's fine. We'll freeze your account. But the way you'll get your uh, money back, your account unfrozen, is if you stop protesting, if you stop disagreeing with your government. Think about that. It's absolutely absurd... That we're living in this time. Jim Jordan has been a leading spokesman on all this. He says, Democrats built a wall around the U.S. Capitol to protect politicians, but refused to build a wall at the southern border to protect you and your family. Um, There's also something else that's trending. I was going to talk about it a little bit today, but I don't think I'm going to be talking that much about it. I think it's a little bit of a ruse. But there's talk now because of what Trudeau's doing in Canada that uh, he's weak. The people hate him. And and provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan are wanting to distance themselves from Canada. And so there's an opportunity that's come up that says, hey, you want freedom? Join America. And uh, Alberta... And Saskatchewan, and you know who talked about this yesterday was Jack Brasowiak, he was talking about that in an audio that he gave, to connect Alaska with the continental United States. And it wouldn't really take that much, but it would take those provinces to secede from, secede from Canada and go a different direction. That's something that was trending. I thought it was kind of interesting. And then one last thought. If ivermectin is good enough for the Queen of England, certainly it's good enough for us, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to use Red State as your promo code when you buy my pillow products. And also, be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And check out magapack.org to see what we're doing about America First policies. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: Just to bury my kids right up to there.